Good morning. It is Monday, November 1st, 2021, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Good morning, everybody. Since we last checked in, corn futures. Wow. They have led a late harvest rally in the grain markets, unless, of course, spring wheat futures were leading the rally. We've got $10.5 spring wheat futures. We've got new contract highs in December 2022 corn futures because of all the movement on the input prices, because of all the uncertainty on the acreage for the years uh, for the year ahead. Wow, the baseball season is hanging by a thread with Atlanta leading the Astros in the World Series three games to two. And my Cyclones, well, let's just say that I probably won't be doing any more of my Cyclones updates for the rest of the college football season. <laughs> I'm AgriTalk host Jim Flory, and that is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Well, the Washington football team lost another one. That was no yeah. surprise. And like you said, the Atlanta Braves uh here they had a grand slam in the first inning and still right. pull it off. Yeah, and your guy Freddie hit a bomb um, last night. 160 feet, I think. It's Jeez, <laughs> crazy, crazy. It's been some pretty good baseball. They did a lot of scoring yesterday. It's the the final, what could be the final two games of of this series. It's it's going to be it's going to come down to pitching. I don't, I just don't think that there's any question about that. Yes. Okay. Jim, let's talk about what we learned. You know, I'm just going to say it right up front here. Look over at the right side of your screen, everybody. And over there, you will see a comments tab. If you click on that comments tab, it should bring up a dialogue box for you at the bottom right-hand side of your screen. That is how you can participate in Signal to Noise. You can ask questions. You can make comments. We enjoy getting your feedback to the show as we are going through um, and, and getting things started for the week. Jim, let's start the week by taking a look back at last week. And we had a day of ethanol on AgriTalk on Thursday. Thanks big time to you for participating in both the morning and the afternoon shows. But we got to the core of what is really uh, what, what drives the day-to-day -day workings of the Renewable Fuels Association, the, the uh, growth energy, those that are fighting for ethanol and ethanol legislation. It, it, was a, it was a really interesting day. Yeah, it was uh, very informative to me. I like those types of programs because we can all learn from them, as you well mm -hmm. know, Jeff. I thought it was very revealing of, I can't remember who said it, I think it was Jeff Cooper, on the California angle, that they're yeah. really pushing behind the scenes for E15 relative to yeah. California's CARB program. And I mean, that is very big because they're the biggest market. You know, right. you know, for that, when you look at the gallon each chip, and that that was a good bottom line for me. Yeah, absolutely. And right now there is an E15 ethanol test going on in California. And, and Jeff Cooper, the CEO and president of the Renewable Fuels Association, kind of just broke that test down for us. But it also comes down to the low carbon um a fuel standard, the LCFS in California, and throw on top of that the impact that it's having on the diesel market with the renewable diesel, not the biodiesel, but the renewable diesel development in the country. And, you know, it's it's like Jeff talked about towards the end of the conversation when we were talking about a little bit about renewable diesel. 
on one hand, you've got big oil that is fighting tooth and nail against ethanol. On the other hand, you've got big oil and refiners that are investing in U.S. crushed capacity of soybeans yes. because they know that renewable diesel is going to be such an important piece of the puzzle of our liquid fuel future. Yes, I was at a veg oil conference a couple of weeks ago in Nashville, and that was made vivid to me, Chip, with the participants. They had record number of you know participants at the meeting. It was a live event. And uh, the expansion has been uh, very large to begin with and going to get, you know, larger uh, as well. And you've got, you know, California, as you said, big time in the renewable diesel area. Then the wannabe states of Washington and Oregon are increasing it as well. So I think yeah. this is a mega change. I, I call it in my presentation to the group a mega change that's ongoing uh, right now on, on the on, on the shift to, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, soybean oil as renewable diesel. And that'll change because we'll have more jobs here. You know, it's much yep. like China did. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll have more crush, you know, so that'll be mm -hmm. good for the livestock industry. So there are some positives to that. You know, and, and Jim, I don't want to make it sound like this is a West Coast effort only. Is it being led by the West Coast? Yes. But states like Minnesota, Iowa, are considering low carbon fuel standards. Yes. This is going this I feel like this is only going to pick up momentum in the years ahead. Well, it'll it'll play into the uh, climate change debate, Chip, yep. as, as as far as credits. So uh, yeah. that, that'll that that'll push it into the fifth gear if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That all led into a conversation that uh, you and I got to have with USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack last week. Uh, it, it, it was a revealing, it, it was a, a very free flowing conversation. It was, uh, he was open to anything and everything to talk about. It started out about a conversation about, uh, the build back better plan, the social infrastructure plan and the framework that was released last week, which we will get to here in a moment, but let's focus on the biofuels side of the conversation that we had with, with secretary Vilsack, Jim. Yeah, he laid the groundwork that some people and and we we heard Representative Axney what Friday on AgriTalk used yep. the same type of strategy where both Vilsack and Axney emphasized the seven hundred million dollar biofuel aid that's already been approved. It's going to mm -hmm. be announced according to Vilsack very very, very soon. soon. That yeah. means that they've worked it out with office management and budget. And I think they're just waiting on the timing. And I'll get to that in a minute. But on top of the $700 million in aid, which he really didn't detail how it would how it would be used, Chip. But uh, on top of that, there's $1 billion in the Build Back Better program, the budget reconciliation for the biofuels industry. And I think that they're waiting, if you will, for the approval of the you know, Build Back Better program to actually announce the renewable fuel standard uh, uh, okay. announcements that we've been waiting forever for. Now, that's just speculation. The volume obligation. They want to, yes. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll get to a little bit more on that here in just a little bit when we think about the week ahead. One last thing here about last week that I wanted to get to, Jim. Jim did you learn anything about President from President Biden's trip to the Vatican. Well, that he can take communion. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there's a ferocious debate within the Catholic uh, Church uh, yeah. about that. I learned that one. Uh, but the, well, the, if 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 he got to take communion at the Vatican, argument over. Yeah, think so. Yeah, that's a clear message to the all the bishops and the priests. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, is that that uh, that I thought was was pretty important. Uh, no question. Okay, over the weekend. Uh, we, we've got the G20 meeting going on, Jim. Is that where you want to start with what yeah, happened over the weekend? The, it just ended, and the communique was rather weak relative to climate change. And you can see our energies are, if you will, John Kerry starting to back off now of monumental changes to be announced at the climate summit called COP26. That's uh, starting today, Chip. Yep. There are at least 13 Biden cabinets, by the way, cabinet members at that confab in Glasgow. And then uh, former President Obama is going to join uh, President Biden at it. So this is big time for them. But why, 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 why I say it was a weak communique, they didn't agree to phase out the total use of coal, no. uh, you know, phase it out. Uh, they they couldn't do that, and so if that that's a barometer of that this thing's going to take a lot longer than what they thought. Okay, I, you can only if, if the reporting on this was accurate. Watching the language about coal generated energy, electricity, watching the language change from late Friday. To Sunday was was nothing short of astonishing, Jim. Because the Friday communication and what was what was being worked in was very strong against coal. And by the time we get to the release on Sunday, it was a realization that coal is a lifeline that we can't let go of right now. Yeah, it's a must-have right now for a number yeah. of countries, including the biggest coal user, China, and their leader Xi Jinping was not even there. Right. Uh, and he's going to file a written report regarding, you know, China's climate change aspects. And Putin from Russia was also not there. So, yeah, it's been watered down as far as what their expectations of what's going to come uh, out of this. However, this morning, Chip, the White House released a fact sheet and a new report relative to the definitive. There's some some interesting uh, elements of the U.S.'s climate change strategy in the report. So they're following through, uh, you know, from a U.S. perspective, from the Biden perspective, on what they want relative to climate change. So uh, we've got links to those on, you know, profarmer.com, both on the fact sheet and the report. And you can go to the White House website to get them as well. So, you know, I think the one should peruse those. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Anything else from the G20 meeting that, that uh, we need to be aware of? Well, they announced, I thought the, it was interesting that both Biden and the EU announced a truce, not total, uh, relative to the tariffs oh, on, on steel the tariffs. and aluminum. So they used the G20, and that's a good thing because we're, we're, that, that'll be, you know, good for getting some more. Uh, you know, you, you know, you know, steel and aluminum produced mm -hmm. here, the right kind, because they took a shot at China because they took elements of they don't want any more dirty steel. And China's already 
you know, reacted negatively for that. So we yeah. at least have a trade policy development out of the G20 relative to the U.S. and EU. And, and it's not a negative chip. It's a good thing. Right. And speaking of steel, <laughs> one of the companies that uses a whole lot of it in this country is Deere. It looks like maybe they've got a labor agreement. Yeah, they have a tentative accord, and it looks like pretty good for the workers. They flexed their leverage, yeah. and they got a 10% raise, and then an additional, I think, 5%. I'm not going to, you know, through my notes right now later on. But uh, th- they got some, you know, pretty good flexibility. But it lo- I think it's going to be approved by the, uh, you know, labor union. They were briefed on it uh, over the weekend. They announced, uh, you, you know, some of the details on Saturday and then even more on Sunday, Chip. Yeah, late last month, okay, maybe the last 10 days of the month of October, there was all this talk about the great resignation that has happened in August and September and into October. I'm not picking up a whole lot of conversation about people just deciding to leave the workforce as we get into the first week of November now and that jobs report at the end of the week. Once again, there's optimism around the jobs report for this week, Jim. Yes, but you had, I know there was a Wall Street Journal report this morning saying uh, retirees, uh, there's a lot fewer retirees staying on the job, Chip. And there, now we're beginning to see a host of reasons why we're in a hard to find uh, job situation. You couple the uh, you know, people who are retiring, uh, usually a significant number continued to work. That's no longer the case. Either they're probably just tired or they just they just want to be done with the chip. Yeah. And and plus their 401k you know, portfolios are looking pretty good right now. So, you know, that could be another one. And we've discussed before the element of the uh, of the uh, you know, people who have children. Uh, being either unable to find uh, care for yeah. them or the cost have risen significantly. So, and there right. are other reasons, but those I think are the two primary. Yeah. You know, that, that, that does take us to a point from uh, the conversation last week about the, the uh, social infrastructure bill. And w- we talk about a lot of the things that are in that bill. And then we get down to childcare and, Jim, it feels like there is big support for child care support uh, from the Democrats, for sure, but from Republicans as well. Yes. And it, it, that is one item that there is, yes, we need to do something to to, to support uh, caregivers, both for, for kids and for the elderly uh, going forward. It's it's kind of an eye-opening item for people to be congregating around. Yes, but you also have to have an increase in the number of companies providing child oh, yeah. care. Because yes. you can give all the assistance you want to parents, and if there's no place to send their children, right? I'm sorry, it's just they have to stay home. And so that that is still a solution ready to be found, Jim. Yeah. There has to be a way... Um, uh, there, uh, you know, there's yeah. nothing like a recession to get people back to work, by the way. Now, that's, I'm not saying that's, that's right. the total solution, but eventually it's going to come and you will see the return to work. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the child care providers uh, in urban areas, that's one thing. Get into rural America and try to find a daycare provider. In in so many cases, you're, you're exactly right. We have got to provide some support for those daycare providers out there. That's It, it, it feels like a, an essential item for us moving forward. Okay. Well, I, out here, Chip, I'll tell you, in the East, it, it, companies here in the East, and yeah. I could even see it grow and maybe as part of schools where you have that being handled at the schools or companies yeah. more and more. I mean, because Man. you can't get it otherwise, you have to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Over, uh, so that, that wraps up our over the weekend conversation. So let's get to the week ahead. I've got a couple of things that I'm going to focus on. And of course, cop 26 is one of them. Okay. The, the meeting in Glasgow. What exactly? What, I mean, where's it going to take us, Jim? There are, there's what, over 20,000 people there, you know. Uh, uh, and that's a, how many of them got there in a private jet, Jim? <laughs> are long, I think the U.S. delegation had a lot of cars uh, uh, getting from the airport to the uh, event. And those are easy, easy pot shots, but they're fun. To Did I hear out. 80 or 800? That, you know, I don't know the number. I think it was 80. 80. 800 okay. would be an awful lot, but we'll, right. we'll, we'll double check that one. Okay. But uh, just a lot you know, yeah. on that one. Thank goodness for gasoline to get them there. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, I, I like to point out, Chip, with COP26, that means there were 25 other confabs before. <laughs> so yeah. this thing has taken a while. You know, yep. and uh, John Kerry, our energy czar, you can just hear it in his voice. He has changed the tone relative to say the coming decade will have to deal with this rather than it's cut, you know, Fisher cut bait time. So they know they're not going to get the uh, uh, major, major announcements for some of the reasons we've already discussed, coal and, and otherwise. But when you have the biggest uh, uh, you know, participant not at the meeting, China, uh, you know, with their emissions, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that gets rough to, to have a successful, a totally successful confab. Yeah. Now, one of the things, okay, there are some people that will say, hey, it's a doggone good thing that we didn't have the vote on the triple B, the, the social infrastructure package, the, the climate package as well. Uh, last week before they left for uh, Norway. On Friday, I raised the, the idea in the free-for-all that what happens if President Bush goes and he feels all the peer pressure that we're not doing enough because we know these things can turn into a game of one-upsmanship. And what if he comes back and says, listen, what we're doing with climate change in the triple B isn't enough. We need to do more. You, know, you said Bush. You meant, uh, you know, Biden, right? Oh, I meant Biden. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got had me, had me confused at Bush. Uh, I think he still wanted that uh, BBB approved uh, for bragging rights, uh, Jeff, okay, uh, uh, in 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 uh, uh, in the UK. Uh, so you know, uh, uh, 
they know, although, and he, you could see his frustration that, that they want, and there's political reasons too that he wants this for the very close, razor thin, too, too close to call Virginia governor's race. Uh, so right. there are That's political, another one on my list. There's, yeah, there's political and there's uh, energy policy uh, implications by not having right now both of those infrastructure bills approved. Okay. Uh, where, what else is going on this week? Are we going to see that vote that, that everybody has been anticipating? Well, I had to chuckle over the weekend. There were some reports saying, and even on the network news on, on, on Sunday, you know, you know, the news talk shows quoting some lawmakers saying this Tuesday, they're going to vote in the house on that. And then I thought, you know, trend is not your friend here. Uh, lo and behold, yesterday, the House Rules Committee said, oh, well, we have to uh, not have our Rules Committee meeting today, meaning Monday, because there's efforts underway, and it's legitimate, Chip, to add more stuff to the Build Back Better, such as uh, Medicare, uh, and, and other aspects that Bernie Sanders and other progressive Democrats want to add on. Well, that's going to delay it. Now, you may still have a vote by the end of the week, but it's not going to be Tuesday uh, because they're trying to get as many additional progressive uh, ideas. But I, I think until you see the Senate going to hold the vote, they're going to have to go first, Chip, because the progressives in the House just don't trust uh, Manchin from West Virginia and Cinema from Arizona. So I think you're, we're going to have to see a vote in the Senate. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, so step us through the timeline for this week. How do you see it playing out? As long as they get an agreement announced of Mansion and Cinema, then the House can go forward. But okay. but there's going to have to be a I mean rock solid uh, uh, announcement out of their mouths from uh, you know, Mansion and Cinema that they support the you know Build Back Better program. Other than that, they're not going to let infrastructure go. And you would think that the House leadership, Pelosi at all would have learned the lesson now. You don't call for a vote unless you know that you have the vote. So we're on hold yeah. right now, Chip. They really want to do it by the end of this week. I won't put a specific day on it, but but you're not going to have it until uh, later November, December. You're not going to have it totally completed because the Senate's going to change yeah. some things that the House is going to do. So yeah. if you really look into this, let's do, listeners and viewers just need to know the bottom line. The odds are increasing that you're going to see a favorable uh, vote for both the traditional infrastructure bill, the BIF as we call it, by, by you know, partisan infrastructure bill. And uh, it looks like a changing version of the budget reconciliation or the Build Back Better. Uh, the final details are still not known. So if you don't have the legislative language totally written, Chip, you can't vote on it. So right. uh, it has to be enrolled. So I hope I confused you enough. Bottom line, <laughs> it's coming. But whenever they initially vote on it in the House, it's going to be changed in the Senate, and then it's going to have to come back. So we're really talking about Thanksgiving, even into December, but it's coming. Now, we can talk about some of the agriculture 
stuff that, that I'd like to talk to because depending on how you calculate the additional funding and Secretary Vilsack went into that yep. with us. And you, you ought to listen to that, uh, you know, agri-talk because you could hear frustration in his voice. He said oh, a yeah. couple you know, very interesting things to us. He brought up the fact that the current language does not include yep. any changes to stepped up basis or any changes to capital gains or any changes to the estate tax exemptions. And he, he flat out said uh, ag reporters had been worrying about that. Well, he brought it up. So that that's a yeah. big one for him. But relative to the 20, why do I say 27 or 28 billion? It depends on how you calculate some of the extra spending for the climate change provisions. But when we ask him whether or not there were any haircuts to some of the spending, such as in nutrition, uh, he got, he got, uh, you know, pesky. Yeah. And he said, yeah. look, you started from zero. So, so he, he didn't want to go that way. He wanted, he said, you didn't have anything before. And he right. goes, when's the last time you had a $27 billion increase in conservation program spending? So right. th that was just an interesting exchange. And that's why we love audio <laughs> interviews oh. where people can hear how a cabinet member responds. And my other bottom line is I'm working on, I think, a big story, Chip. When I read the language and, and had a lawyer look at it on the conservation program spending, it appeared to me that there may not be any payment limitations on the use of that $27 billion. If that's the case, uh, that's going to be big because you could have some uh, big payments on, you know, some of the conservation program payments as a result of the Build Back Better program. So okay. we're checking into that, but I did want to flag that as a major potential development in, in the, uh, in the coming programs. Jim Kirby wants to know in the triple B was the news of a $450,000 payment to separated illegal families signal or noise. This is really making the the rounds, Jim. A lot of people have got this question. Uh, well, it was the signal given by the Democrats, and then a, a lot of noise resulted from the Republicans on that chip. Uh, the, they had a, uh, a rules committee had the hearing, and they brought up that, uh, yeah, a number of Republicans brought up that controversial aspect. And uh, eventually, uh, the, the politics of this is just horrible, Chip. So I see the Democrats backing away from it. But, you know, they're not giving up the $100 billion on immigration changes in the Build Back Better. Now, I don't know whether this is part of it or not. This is why you'll see reports called the BBB are total $1.85 trillion other people call it 1.75 trillion the hundred billion dollar difference is relative to the uh, uh, um, language that they're holding to the side uh, based on what the Senate parliamentarian says relative to what they want to do on immigration and hundred billion dollars so this could be wow. part of it but chip the, the the most Americans would say what you mean you're going oh. to give an illegal person a 400 to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars just from you know being separated from their children 
th- this is a you know a political uh, no win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to one more item from the weekend, Jim, and that was the release of the results of the latest NBC polls. Uh, and I'm only going to look at the NBC polls because those are the ones that I looked at most astonishingly at. Uh, President Biden just isn't trending very well in the polls right now. Is that going to affect his effectiveness going forward? Well, it would if if he doesn't rally here in the next few months, but it may, it may well affect the Virginia races. Uh, and there's a New Jersey governor's race. It looks like the New Jersey governor race uh, will. That's a very Democratic state, and I I see the you know, you know Democrat governor being reelected. But in my state of yep. Virginia, his polls, his negative poll numbers, he's underwater right now, uh, may well have an effect on demoralizing the enthusiasm vote. Uh, that the, it'll mean fewer Democrats will come out to vote and uh, more Republicans are independents. There is your key. Look at that NBC poll and other polls, Chip. The independents now are leaving uh, Biden in a, in a big mm-hmm. way because they're they're tired of for whatever reason he's not the person they thought he campaigned as and they don't like the direction uh, of of the country the way it's going and you're seeing that in poll after poll now and Biden over at the G20 summit was asked about his uh, poll numbers and where just uh, a couple of months ago they were citing favorable. Biden polls. Now he's saying he doesn't look at them. He doesn't yeah. look at them. That's not why he ran did, for president. I didn't run for the polls. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. bad, Chip. But now yeah. the only ones worse in modern era in the White House were uh, President Trump. He got down yeah. as low as what, 35%. That's really low. <laughs> yeah, that's low. Absolutely. All right. It, you do know why I confused my President Bush with my President Biden earlier, right? Because 20 years ago, 20 years ago this weekend, the most legendary first pitch ever was thrown out by George W. Bush at the the World Series. So I'm sorry. I only watched it about 17 times over the weekend. It was bound to be confused at some point. And did you see Trump and his wife at the Atlanta Stadium doing the tomahawk? I did not. Well, I did see a little bit of it, but... I may have, may or may not have paid much attention to it. <laughs> That's controversial, I, but he did the chop. He did yes, the chop. He did. And, uh, the Atlanta fans smelled a victory, but they didn't get it. So That's right. It's much like uh, what's happening uh, in the infrastructure battles here in Congress. You're just going to have to wait a little while longer, Jeff. Just wait a little while longer. All right. Well, we are going to keep you up to speed every weekday morning on AgriTalk 1006. Central. We talk policy and issues every afternoon on AgriTalk at 206. We talk about what is going on with the markets. Have a great, I should say, first off, great job, Jim. Great update this morning. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.